Bread of heaven, bread of heaven, feed me till I want no more bread of heaven. following podcast contains explicit language. I have a voice to have a mic in my hand. Without that, it's like kryptonite and Superman. Seven times out of ten, we listen to our podcast at night. Thus spawns the title of this program. Facade. Podcast fam. Moment of silence for those lost in El Paso, Texas, and Dayton, Ohio. Yeah, yeah. Facade Podcast Fam. What's happening? <laughs> How y'all been? Oh, this is the Facade Podcast, hosted by the two of me, the professor, the student, Hip-hop junkie, R&B savant, the radical conservative, hustler, never the informant, the one who seeks to understand while being understood. Here, all are welcome. Now, I realize that my nerd don't always translate well, so bear with me. <sighs> hey, y'all. It's a, it's a somber moment, right? We got these uh, <laughs> this this nonsense going on. And I, I really I'm gonna get into it later in the podcast. I don't want to start out on a on a on that note, right? But you know, we hope that God is putting His arm around all those who are lost members of their families and those who are psychologically scarred as a result of, right? And so I'm a I'm gonna talk about it a little bit. Later. So, if you're new to the Facade Podcast, get my energy up. If you're new to the Facade Podcast, this is me, Doc Hotch, son of hip-hop, here to represent. This is the format of the Facade Podcast, introduction, five seemingly random topics, hip-hop therapy exercise, either or, neither, nor, what we're not going to do, come back. And the D tangle. So first off, I gotta let y'all know I'm a little perturbed because I ain't got no coffee, but I do got my gallon jug of tea. So I put the green tea with the panda joint, Uncle Lee's tea, mm. which is extra scrumptiously good. I don't think scrumptiously is a word. We're going we're gonna to free, we freestyle. So 
That's what we didn't came up with for this episode. Season 1, episode 16 of the Facade Podcast. Now, <laughs> I mentioned earlier that uh, in a previous podcast, the last one, matter of fact, that y'all need to spend every waking moment looking for the laugh in everything. That's, that's what I've been doing. That's what I love about the podcast. Looking for the laugh in everything. So I spent the last, again, so, hey, sidebar, day seven, CrossFit, <laughs> your boy getting stronger, I ain't sore today, all my bruises, I do got my bruises on my arms from doing the front squats, that hurts, so, but yeah, on my arms, because I had a tank top on, trying to show off the, the pythons, should have had a regular shirt on, won't do that again, yep, did uh this, man, so all y'all out there think y'all got lungs, Here's how you want to see if you got the iron lung. Here's what I need y'all to do. This is what we did at the last one. Six sets. One minute on the rower. 50 pulls. One minute of burpees. 15 burpees. One minute of double ups with the rope. <laughs> then one minute of rest. Six sets. 24 minutes guaranteed. <laughs> I lost about 10 pounds yesterday. But I ain't sore, because I'm, hey, I'm getting stronger. Yeah, getting extra stronger. Still ain't found a car yet. Daughter told it out my car. Still ain't found a car. Trying to get one tomorrow. Might be getting up on this Chrysler 200, like that copper color. Yeah, so we're going to see what's up. They need to do some changes. I need new tires. I need all that before I drive out the lot. So I might have a report for y'all next week. Yeah. Price of two hundred. <laughs> yeah, I need a whip to whip in. You dig? Anyway, we are six minutes and seven seconds down. So I'm getting into these uh, five random topics. Elevator beef interaction. This is the name of this one. So Monday, I walks in again. There's people in my building where I work at. Some of which white women, cool colleagues, never speak to me. Ever. So I get in the elevator, right? I'm holding my lunch, which is watermelon and my salad that I'm going to get because I'm down to four days a week with no meat. Yay, yay. And so there's a lady that gets in the elevator with me. And she says, you got a nice lunch there. I said, thank you. This is my first day of the week with no meat. She said, no meat. I said, yeah, no meat. I'll be a vegan by 12 31, 19. She said, no, I grew up on a farm. How could you live a day without meat? I said, well, easy. I did it yesterday, doing it today. No meat. I don't want digestive heart failure. How about that? She laughed. <laughs> you won't get that from eating meat. I said, watch forks over knives. She said, I don't watch that type of propaganda. Anyway, then she proceeded to say, well, you know, I just have to get my fix of my meat at least once a day. And the tone in which she said it kind of made me go, hmm, okay. So then I said, oh, so you want to get that Kobe beef? Yeah. And she said, nah, I don't want no Kobe beef. I ain't never been a Lakers fan. Uh. <laughs> Then the door opens, and she says, 
Have a good day, Dr. Hoskins. <laughs> now, keep in mind, she got to be 63. So, it felt like spiders was crawling on me or like I was getting buried alive because I didn't know what that meant. And I was just like, uh, uh, yeah. She says she got to get her beef every day, her meat every day. I didn't, yeah, I didn't like that. I didn't, and the more that I read, I think about it in my head, the more I re-traumatize myself. So I'm still trying to, I'm trying to work through that. So just be mindful. Like I don't want to be, yeah, I don't want to be a uh, me too moment. I don't want to have that, but that was kind of, yeah, yeah, that was kind of freaky. Uh, number two. So I believe that any words that you use are directly connected to like, uh, socioeconomic status, right? Means essentially that, you know, so the difference is, so if I say something is small, right? That's not something that's minuscule. And I think in the academy, the type of vocabulary you use, people be judging your intellect falsely, right? Because, again, intellect is about specification. So I know a whole lot about campus racial climates, culture, context, how they shape the identity development of people therein. I don't know nothing about graviton fields, foot fungus, or how to grow onions out the ground or off a tree. Is that onions growing in the ground? Onions growing in the ground? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I thought, I, yeah, I don't know. So, yeah. So, I'm, I go downstairs. And when I go downstairs, the ladies downstairs are like, hey, we were just talking about you. Again, in the tone they said it, I was like, uh, ain't y'all married? <laughs> yes, we're married. We were just talking about you. I was like, what y'all say? What, what y'all was just talking about me? We were talking about your hugging protocols. That was absolutely hilarious. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, because I just want to know, you know, when people's wives hug me, I don't want their husbands to get their mouths wired shut because they got offended, stepped, and I had to lay them down. I don't want to do that, right? And so, so she was like, yeah. And I was talking to uh, my friend Don, and I was, being per I was being persnickety. And then I went to, and I said, whoa, whoa hey, persnickety? I said, I ain't never heard that word. <laughs> that must be a, a West Texas word. And they was like, no, it's not a West Texas word. Google it. Look it up. I looked it up. Persnickety is a West Texas word. It's not. It's just a regular word. But the way she used it, it sounded like it was West Texas because she got a country accent when she said it. But she also said, well, have you heard of the term snarky? And I was like, no, I don't. Snarky, that, that ain't a word that I use in my vocabulary. So I do use the word Kurt, though, which is persnickety. Which is snarky, right? Which is having an attitude or disrespectful. So depending on where you, what region of the country that you're in or socioeconomic status that you have, maybe. I think people judge your words that you say, right? And they shouldn't because you don't know how smart I am. I'm navigating, right? So the, the professorial me, yeah, that's me. But that ain't me always because the regular old regular old me, some of the hip-hop me, yeah, that vocabulary looks sound a lot different. And if you misidentifying the vocabulary that you can't identify with, because we're saying words that, you know, like Skrilla, stuff you ain't never heard of, you're going to be on the outside looking in thinking, oh, that's that ghetto slang thing. I don't get that. Yeah, it's not ghetto. It's just hip-hop slang. That's what I love about hip-hop. The words make it unaccessible for some people, because y'all don't need to be in hip-hop anyway. But that's a whole other thing. 
So I was just mindful of that, like vocabulary and what that looks like, what it sounds like, and how people make mistakes or how smart you are based on what you're saying at the moment, right? They, they, don't, they don't get it, yeah. And so, <laughs> yeah, I heard this freestyle, and this cat was saying, yeah, he whooped that white girl, child abuse. But what he was talking about was cocaine is what he's whipping up in his kitchen, right? Making it hard from when it was off. If you're on the outside of the culture, you don't know what that means. So you might be like, wow, he's child abusing his kids. <laughs> he's not child abusing his kids. He's child abusing their parents by selling them something that, yeah, that's, yeah. So anyway, yeah, vocabulary. Be mindful of your vocabulary when you're speaking to folks. Watch your tone. Tone is hard to teach. But use your vocabulary with responsibility, right? Because you don't want, yeah, yeah, you don't want to make no assumptions about people's vocabulary. Number three, I think I figured out a way to make it where people of different races, genders, and backgrounds can come together. Not in a kumbaya moment, right? But so we can just have a regular understanding. So, Sabar. So today, I was in a, um, I was in a, uh, what's that called? A group. Hold on. Let me get. Let me get my book. So I had a, I had a meeting today with some colleagues, and so we read uh, while the black kids sitting together in the cafeteria, Beverly Daniel Tatum, <laughs> Beverly Daniel Tatum, PhD. And other conversations about race. It's the 20th edition. I read the very first joint. But in there, it's talking about the overlap of interactions and perceptions. So I don't believe in racial balkanization, right? So when you see black, Latinx, uh, Asian, Pacific Islander, or indigenous people or, or students in together, that don't mean that they trying to self-segregate, right? That don't mean that they... Plotting against white folks, because they not. They just doing their thing, right? We, we all gravitate towards commonality. So all the nerds sit together. I be sitting with the nerd group. All the kids that were all black, they be sitting together. I don't know what that's called. What's, what's that called, punk? Death? <laughs> Heavy metal? I don't know what that's called. All the athletes sit together. You can go in the cafeteria. You're going to see all the uh, FFA, Future Farmers of America, together. You know, I, I don't know. All the people that play uh, choir, orchestra, uh, cello, uh, yeah. All that, they sitting together, right? And so that's what it's about for the most part. So we had a meeting today, and we talked about it. It's pretty good. If you're not in a reading group, I suggest you get in one. Most of the people that graduate from college, they don't read. They stop reading. They don't do academic reading, rather. So it's okay to do sci-fi reading. Heard Tim Tebow got a book out. <laughs> How do Tim Tebow got a book out? What is he talking about? Jesus I mean, I love Jesus, but if Tim Tebow didn't have 3 million followers on Instagram, nobody would care about his relationship with Jesus. One hunter, I promise. So this ain't the era of you got a skill set, so, you know, they let you write a book. It's the era of how many followers you got on, yeah, social media. Anyway, I digress. So it's a lot of ladies in my building that don't speak to me. But every single time I wear my palm T-shirt, man. They be in my face. Oh, hey, Dr. Hoskins. So that's how they sound to me. But they know who I am. Because when they address me, they address me like that. Hey, Dr. Hoskins. Oh, I see you with the Palm shirt on. Your daughter's a, you support Friendship Palm? And I was like, no, I really don't. 
Because I don't got no Friendship Palm dad shirts. All they got is Friendship Palm mom shirts. I ain't finna wear a Friendship Palm mom shirt because I ain't a mom. Right? I'm a dad. I want to represent for the dads out there. Yeah, 100%. But they was all friendly. Extra friendly. These white women, right? So it's only, let me see, one, two, three. One, two. No, one, two, three. Yeah, it's only three black women professors in my building. Right, so they, it ain't many. If any, right? It ain't many. And so, yeah, they be like, like, hey, Dr. Ice, Hey, did you? And then I said, we well, you know Isis, she's on the Palm Squad. Oh, Isis on the Palm Squad. That's great. She's on. Yeah, she's the only black girl, right? That's on the Palm Squad. Well, well. <laughs> There's another black girl on the Palm Squad. She's biracial. Yeah, so she's black too. And so, yeah, I'm like, hey, yeah, they, it ain't that many. It's just two black girls on the Palm Squad. And they'd be excited about that, a friendship. Yeah, and I'd be like, yeah. Only two black girls tried out for friendship, huh? Y'all not, yeah, that don't bother y'all. It, yeah, it don't, it don't bother them at all. But uh, they missed my point. So my point is, when I went to Friendship Pond, they'd be relaxing in the building. Otherwise, man, it's like I'm a ghost in this mug. I'm Ghost Dad. I'm Bill Cut. Well, no, hold on. Yeah, I ain't. I'm not Bill Cosby. <laughs> yeah, no, sorry. Not, not Bill Cosby. Yeah, I'm not. Yeah, that's not me. Yeah. But, yeah, it's like they don't see me until I got some palm stuff on, something they can relate to. But I work here. Right? I'm a professor in the building. You can relate to that. We all work together. Do we, though? <laughs> Clearly, we don't all work together. But they know my name. Hey, on the low, I don't know none of their names. <laughs> That's terrible to me. I don't know none of their names. But, well, some of them know my name because they be mixing me up with some other professors. So I think one day I'm just going to be in, in, in here, just in the building. Hey, uh, Parsifity. Uh, my name's Carol. Oh, yeah, yeah. Hey, Janet. Uh, my name's Sharon. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, hey, Phyllis. Uh, my name is uh, Chris. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Y'all need to hit him with that. Like they be doing me. You're the black professor in... Uh, no, that's the other one. <laughs> it's like 39 black professors on campus. And probably 20 of them is black men. Yeah, how they be getting us confused? I, I don't understand that. Yeah, we don't... None of us look alike at all. None of us. But I get it. Yeah, it makes sense. So anyway, that's it. The palm shirt. My palm shirt is a racial unifier. Yeah, it gets it gets me to talk to women. Yeah, opposite gender. Who are white, opposite race. To talk about school. And the time that their daughters were in palm. Or their daughters are coming up to be in palm. Or their daughters graduated from... Yeah, okay. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't want to have that talk. I don't want to talk about all that. I just I, didn't, I just had a question about the copier. Do we have more copy paper? You start talking about the palm shirt, 39 minutes later, I'm, I don't have no copy paper, and I done talked about something I don't want to talk about. So, yeah, I think I'm just going to buy. I'm going to go to the uh, – so last year, friendship was like 3 and 7. They was trash. The year before that, they was on 10. So I think I'm going to go out and be like, yo – um, I need every shirt, palm shirt y'all got so there may be people in my uh, building uh, speak to me uh, more often. Number four. <laughs> and this right here is a crazy topic. So I was in the bank, right? So again, I'm finna get this new whip. So I was in the bank, and as I'm in the bank, I hear a black woman say to whomever she's on the phone with, Oh, and by the way, you need to FaceTime me once you get there so I know you are where you say you at. And I was like, 
man. <laughs> she sound re- rather controlling. And then I don't know what he said. But her response was, and a matter of fact, you need to drop me a pen so I know where your phone is. I was like, man. That doesn't sound like no kid conversation. That sounds like somebody had done something, you know, terrible, and they spending the next 11 months trying to win that trust back. And I was like, man, she's talking to him extra crazy. But then I had to check myself. That was, that was my toxic masculinity kicked in because I was like, okay, now women, they usually frame this crazy, right? But when women are called crazy, ain't no vetting of the situation. So when men be talking, they be like, hey, man, where's your girl? I broke up with her. Why you break up with her? I thought you was in love. You was going to get married, man. You know, man, she was crazy. And all the dudes would be like, oh, yeah, yeah, we get it, yeah. She was crazy. We, oh, hey, well, hey, you ain't supposed to say that. That's my ex-girl. Oh, my bad. Can we call her crazy? Uh, Yeah, 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 I'm done with it. You can call her crazy. But anytime a black woman, you can attach that term crazy without any evidence of them being a, what the black woman did, right? And they just agreed with it that she was crazy. Now, some crazy is created, right? Because black women, to me, they do rage. <laughs> but it ain't a pathological rage, right? It ain't genetic. They rage. Usually if a black woman knocking the windows out your car or she keying your cars because you did something to her first. They just don't wake up in the morning and be like, hey, I'm the person I love. I'm going to key their car or knock out their windows. They ain't going to do that. Who does that? Nobody does that. Sometimes crazy. It's created. So with my genderness in me was like, hey, I shouldn't apply the term crazy to a black woman, right? And it got me to thinking, can women be controlling, right? Just in general, all women, can women be controlling? Because it ain't a system that women control or run that controls and excludes men from anything, right? So women, they can be discriminatory, right? Women can be prejudiced against men, but women ain't controlling nothing, like, the pay gap is because women can't control the system. That's why they make less, right? White women make 83 cents. Black women make, like, 56 cents. And Latina women make, like, 43 cents. Like, but if women can control the system, right? So, guys, if you say that your woman's controlling you, she ain't really controlling you, right? She's been empowered to give you the illusion of controlling you. But in order to be empowered, that means that you don't have any power to begin with, <laughs> But that was crazy. So it got me to thinking. They got this app on your phone called Life 360, right? And so I looked at it, and I was like, man, that's like a that's tracker. That's like <laughs> So some of you out there, if you don't trust the person you with, which I don't know why you'd be with them if you didn't trust them, put that Life 360 on the phone. I got it on my kids' phones, so I know where they at, when they at. You did? Because I want to know. But ain't nobody going to put no damn tracker on my phone. Because I know where I'm at, when I'm at, and I need to know where I'm at when I'm at, right? So I can check in with me. But, yeah, that was that was nuts. FaceTime me when you're there? Because here's the thing with the pin drop. If I drop the pin, it, shares, it shows where the phone is at. It don't show where the person's at. But the FaceTime? <laughs> she really wants to know where that person was at. And I just assumed that it was a guy because of her tone, right? Because I done heard that same tone. With my aunties and cousins as females talking to their man as their husband or not, boyfriend, yeah. Where you at? Drop that pen. FaceTime me when you get there. How dare you not want to? And so some guys out there that I didn't talk to 
on the Facade Podcast. You in situations where, yeah, your woman's running your life. <laughs> like a track meet. But that's where you want to be. So don't complain about it. Just go keep running, man. You're going to lose weight in that relationship. Because she is extra running you. Number five. Man. Now, number five is a rather intriguing topic. It's called a situationship, right? So I was talking to some students the other day. So I spent a lot of time talking to students because students are hella cool. Because I don't teach undergrad students, they divulge stuff to me that if I told their parents, not only would they pull to their tuition and not let them go to school, they get their ass whooped. But I'm a confidant. Students need to talk. Sometimes you need outlets. You never know what a person's going through. Make time to listen to that person so they don't, you know, do something crazy. Anyway, this is what students told me. I was listening to this one woman. I call them women. They, they younger, but they still women, right? She said, yeah, my situationship is whack, Dr. Hoskins. I'm thinking about cutting this dude off. I was like, whoa, what is a situationship? This is what she said. She said, now listen. A situationship is I give him unfettered access to my time, to my mind, and to my behind. <laughs> Actually, what she said was <laughs> she give him access, right, to her time, to her sex, and to intellectual engagements, right? But they both know, they both know. They ain't never going to be together because they just friends. And I was like, wow, situationship. Yeah, she said, yeah, like it's a thing. She said, that's the term that I use because the situation could change. So tomorrow I could be his girl. And I was thinking, well, if he don't ask you, he, he ain't asked you to be his girl all this time. He probably not going to ask you. So maybe she was thinking if I ask him to be my man. So maybe she was thinking he could be my man, not I could be his girl. Right? So, she said, if the situation changes, I can be his girl tomorrow. Or we can be enemies. And I'm like, man. Like, that's, that's, that's opposite ends of, <laughs> that's opposite ends of the spectrum. Like, you can, you can go from giving him your time, your mind, and your sex to enemies? Ooh, that's, <laughs> that's nuts right there. I don't know, I don't know, I don't know what to think about that. But she was like, hey, like, why should I be in a, in a marriage? I'm 23. You don't need for me to get mad. So I'm going to go out here and, you know, do my thing with whomever. And I was like, yeah, okay, well, I get it. Do your thing. If that's what you want to do, do your thing. But that situation, whew, like protecting your heart, who be protecting their heart? Like we do, we do well at protecting our bodies, but protecting their heart? When you protect your mind, yeah, once the mind's gone, that's it. That's done. That's, a, that's a R-A-P. Sorry, W-R-A-P. <laughs> In Cincinnati? <laughs> Sorry, that was, that was a cultural reference. Some of y'all ain't going to catch that. But yeah, situationship. Now, that's a real thing. But to me, that's kind of like, nah, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to say that. <laughs> but yeah, I get that. So yeah, go ahead and do your thing with the situation. But just be careful. Be careful, y'all. Because ships sail in the night. And you don't want to wake up and step out. Off that ledge to get on that ship, and that ship is gone, and you fall right in the ocean and drown. Yeah, in that wet, wet. You don't want to do that. So don't do that. Yeah, be careful about them situation ships. All right, so we're 27 minutes in. Therapy exercise, 
right? So I went to therapy. I go to therapy once a week. Got a black woman therapist who forced me to only mention her if I'm not going to divulge who she is, right? Because she don't want to be a conflict of interest and blah, blah, blah. So I oblige. Here's her question. If you can only listen to a single song for the rest of your life, for the rest of my life, ugh, from the West, East, South, and Midwest Coast, which ones would it be and why? First, we're going to start with the West Coast. We gon' be all right. We gon' be all right. When you hit me, can you hit me? It'll be all right. Yep, the Pippa Butterfly. Love that joint. Reason why I really love it, though, is because it's a song about hope, right? So to me, I play that song on days like this, following massacres like that in two different cities. I be thinking to myself, like, that's, that's where you can fall into depression and a loss of hope and believing in life and sanity and all that. And I'd be like, hey, I need to hear something that's uplifting. And that song, you know, all right. We're going to be all right. Like, if God got us, we're going to be all right. And we know God got us, right? So that's that's that song for me. Now, we're going to do Southern song. Kindness. There can't be no minus. The queen things. I seen things. I'm going off and coming right back. When you throw them, get a poem. Like everybody got it. Man. That's a Jazzy Bell remix, right? The remix. Jazzy Bell. Man, that song right there. Oh, that's 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 like that's about the love to avoid, right? You want you want to avoid that type of love? Y'all gotta listen to the song. I don't want to say it's misogynistic, but it yeah. <laughs> Outcast. That's my joint. Outcast. If I'm gonna listen to a West Coast MC for the rest of my life. Kendrick, if I'm gonna listen to a Southern MC, Big Boy, Andre 3000. Yeah, Jazzy Bill. Because it, it was like the warning shot telling you what type of love to avoid. So I had to listen to that. 100. This here, this my Midwest song. Here we go. Life, 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 life
Shoes and cars and wood floors in the new apartment. Couture from the stores department. Man. You more like a lot of star shit. I'm Florida, trips to Florida. Kanye, that's my guy. So even though Kanye didn't went left since Donda died, God rest her soul, right? Kanye, my favorite MC of all time. Right? He's not the best. Andre 3000 is my favorite MC. Sorry. MC lyricist of all time. Discography-wise, solo MCs, Kanye. Yeah, he the, only, he the only rapper that got four classic albums. Yeah. My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy was the last one and the first three joints. They all classics. It ain't debatable. I ain't getting into that. But I like this song, right? Because this song is just about... Just, just getting caught up in the excess of life, right? Like, we don't need no excess. Them lights that's flashing, the glitzing, glam, and glitter of life, like, we need to avoid that, right? Y'all always, man, I, I was looking at, every year, at the end of the year, we bag up clothes and give them away. I don't waste thousands of dollars on clothes, right? And some of y'all have too, I'm sure. And I'm just like, hey, that's why I love that song, because it's really about just being regular, or how we should be regular, but we can get caught up in the glitzing glam, and again, now y'all, some of y'all chase the bags. Some of y'all chase the people with the bags to be their wives or their husbands. So, yeah, don't use people. Get your own bag. Yeah, I don't, I'm sorry. That, that sounds like a detangle. Anyway, this is my East Coast joint. Yeah, so we got Kendrick, Outkast, Kanye, East Coast. I can't see him coming down my eyes, so I gotta make the song cry. I know that's right. Like cook fools. Gotta move like a pimp move. Free lunch. Four seasons brunch. To make the Just me and you. I loved your point of view because you showed no punches. Months on in. Since I checked back in. Mm. Locking the mall down. Understand why you want a divorce now. <laughs> Oh, well, that, that song cry, man. I, oh. So them last three songs is about women. And you could tell my heart, I've been, I've been heartbroken. Yeah, like a Tiffany vase on the floor shattering a million pieces. I've, I've been sitting in that tub, fully clothed, tub full of water, all filled up, look like Mario Winers with my Tim's on, just soaking wet, can't eat, can't sleep, crying, because she left. And I got my... All right, I'm tripping. But, yeah, because she left. I've been there. I've been that guy. I ain't going to say who she is. Yeah, because I didn't, yeah. So, anyway, yeah, we, we all been there. But it was my four songs. If I don't listen to four songs for the rest of my life, the, each one of those songs tell a story, right? And I, I'm connected to the, to the opposite gender. So, I love women. I hate to see women cry. Like, women should be uplifted. Not that women need to be uplifted because they don't need anything from a man. I get it. I get feminist. Get calm down. I get it, right? But I'm just saying. Like, I love women. I'm here to protect. Not that women need to be protected, but I'm here to support and protect, encourage, nurture, all that. 100% in support of women. Yeah, so that's, that's my therapy exercise at 35 minutes in. Whew. Kinda, man, I, I got kind of emotional. I was already emotional. Anyway, because of these shootings, 
that I'm going to divulge into. Like I said, I just, oh, man, this is a hard podcast. This, this is my hardest podcast, y'all. I'm just, I just, I just, people just asinine. I just don't understand. Any, anyway, this, this my, um, either or, <laughs> this my either or section, right? So either or. Now, I know some of y'all then live the life of full. You travel each and every highway, and after this, you did it your way. Yeah, I, I get that. I get I get that one hundred percent. But some of us, yeah, we ain't live that. We ain't live that life. You dig? I'm I'm from Oklahoma. Yep, that's my space where I was born. I wasn't born with no silver spoon in my mouth, right? So it was things that I I grew up. My parents, my pops was big on. I'm gonna give you everything that you need, and I'm gonna give you you know some of what you want, none of what you want. <laughs> My pops was also, I'm going to give you none of what you want, some of what you need, right? And so, everything what you need. And so, it got me to thinking. And I was like, hey, you look. sometimes you look back on your life, and you think about when I went to my class reunion, I thought about how I was on free and reduced lunch. <laughs> Which is a good thing. Right, because I didn't know, I didn't know what it was. I just knew that every time I went to the lunch counter, I didn't have to pay for nothing. They just, I just say, did you what? Oh, baby, like it, it just delayed the lunch lady would switch up on it. She'd be like, hey, what you? Oh, what you? This is four ninety five, three thirty seven, five twenty six. Then when I come up, she'd be like, oh, baby, <laughs> why don't you go and get yourself some extra cookies? <laughs> Because I'm sure the lust lady knew when I typed in my name, she knew I was poor. Not poor, but she knew we was lower middle class. Like, she knew that, right? Because she got, gave me the extra love. Look back on it, I'm like, man, them teachers was, every walk of life, the teachers I had was extra nice. <laughs> as, so, sidebar, as faculty members, sometimes I get told student X, Y, and Z, they the trouble students, right? They go try to combat you in class. They the ones gonna ask for the extra credit points. They gonna be the ones that be like, I never got an A on my transcript. Oh, I'm sorry. I never got not an A on my transcript. Can I do extra credit? You got an 83. What is what am I? I'm gonna give you seven points of extra credit to get you to get that A minus? Yeah, we're not doing that. So teachers, faculty members, they talk amongst themselves. And I'm sure in hindsight I'd be wondering. Man, they was extra nice to me. I wonder if they was like, yeah, these these the poor kids. <laughs> We're going to treat the poor kids nice. And so, because they knew I was on free and reduced lunch. But I appreciate that free and reduced lunch. I appreciate them cinnamon rolls, them extra, like, super sugary cinnamon rolls. Oh, them big joints. Man, they was like two inches high. Oh, somebody made that with love, extra love. I would always get two. Cause I went to I went to Ridgeview, I went to Nichols Hills, I went to Herbert Hoover Hawks Middle School. I was in the last class to graduate eighth grade. Cause after that they changed it to a fifth through eighth or whatever they did and messed it up. Then I went to the great John Marshall High School. Man, had a blast. But I didn't mind being on free and reduced lunch. I I didn't really figure it out till I got to college, and then I was embarrassed about it. As a grown man, I ain't embarrassed about nothing. Some people need free. Oh, some people need free. 
and reduced lunch. Knock the mic over. Sorry, it's getting animated. Some people need free and reduced lunch. Those of us who have need to make sure those of us who don't have, we need to be able to give back. Ain't nothing wrong with that. I need some water. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Right? We got support. That don't make us socialists. That make us what, God, what we say we are. We love God. We're supposed to give back and take care of society. Right? Ain't nothing wrong with that. So that's, that's my either. Free and reduced lunch. I'm glad that I was on it. Glad that my parents knew about it. Because my pops worked hard for his. So I appreciate the love. <laughs> of the free and reduced lunch. Yay, yay. Don't uh, knock the free and reduced lunch. Support the kids. They need free and reduced lunch. It's all good. If I, hey, if they could all get free lunch, not reduce free lunch, that'd be good, right? But that's that's a whole nother situation. Am I, or it's something that I don't know nothing about, and that's edibles. <laughs> Just to clarify, I don't know nothing about no edibles. I don't know what they taste like. I don't know that if you take an extra large bite of an edible, you're going to be high for three days. <laughs> From what I hear. Because I don't know nothing about no edibles. I live in the state of Texas. And marijuana is illegal. But I got some friends that live in uh, Portland. I ain't going to say their names. Uh, California. I ain't going to say their names. Uh, Oregon. I ain't going to say their names. But yeah. I visit my friends because <laughs> I love my friends because they got my back. But when I visit them, yeah, I'm not, yeah. I'm a, I'm a uh, liquor connoisseur. I'm a grandma yay man. That's the drink of champions. Grandma yay. I'm a McAllen 25 man. I'm a uh, Johnny Walker blue man. That's where I'm at. I'm in the blue man group, the head of it. Yeah, I don't know nothing about no edibles, but from what I hear. <laughs> so for those of you that got lower back pain or foot pain or neck pain or you was too old to be doing CrossFit and you was like, yeah, I'm going to get out here and throw weights with these 22-year-olds. Yeah, after that, yeah, take a, a bite of edible. That'll get your mind right. Whole body be, you go from yeah, 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 yeah to I sure am relaxed now. And ain't nothing wrong with being relaxed. All of us need to be relaxed. Because this life is extra stressful, especially in times like these. Times like these, where you're waiting to find out if your loved ones are safe or not. Yeah. Yeah, we need stress relievers, man. We need to disconnect from the world. Sidebar, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to challenge y'all. We're going to pick a facade podcast disconnect day. What we're going to do is everybody going to log off. Log out of your Instagram, your Snapchat, your Facebook, your Twitter. Yeah, your Flickr. Your, uh, what What else? What Am I leaving out something important? That, those are the good apps. We're going to log out of all them apps. And we're going to do a blackout for 24 hours. We ain't going to talk to nobody. It's just in person. All we're going to do is talk to people in person. If I can't, if I got to call you on the phone, I ain't going to talk to you. We're just going to interact with the world. Because that's what we need. We need to be more humane. And part of that is being able to deal with your stress management. And part of that, <laughs> back to the edibles. <laughs> yeah, because edibles, man, they help you relax.
Just so you know, I did not consume an edible before the show because I wouldn't do that. Well, I wouldn't consume an edible at all, but I definitely wouldn't consider, consume it before the show. Yeah, but my, but my, you know, I need to be, um, again, I'm down. I'm, I'm a little down. If the Facade Podcast energy ain't normally what it is, I apologize. This, is, this ain't a happy time, but we're getting through it together, right? That's what we're doing. We're getting through it together. And that leads me to my neither nor, right? At 45 minutes in. Neither nor. <laughs> now, I had a conversation with a cat that I know. I don't want to say his name. We went out to a dugout this week. And we chopped it up. We talked about four hours. Extra good chop it up, man. He used to, he was an intern at Def Jam. He did his thing back in the day. You know, we was talking about doing some work, collaborating on the podcast to take it to the next level. Right, it was talking about doing some flip houses, some building houses, some uh, you know, all that there. We had some fish tacos. So sidebar, there was a time when I thought you didn't put fish in a taco. Like that don't make sense to me. Like if I'm eating gavilta fish or uh shark, or I'm eating uh swordfish, or I'm eating catfish, like it's on a plate, right? On a bed of rice. Or, how, you know, however they present it, right? But never in a taco. I was thinking, man, what's taco? Yeah, that's some Manhattan socialite in, in the country, in Oklahoma. We ain't eating no fish in a taco. Then I went to University of Texas. I went to Austin about four years ago. Went to this little uh, uh, bed and breakfast. Man, <laughs> this taco is so good. I won't eat fish if it ain't in a taco now. Not doing it. Best thing on earth. So we had the uh, tilapia fish tacos, and we chopped it up for a little bit. But on the way out, it brings me to my neither. (laughs) So he was talking about, hey, you know, I went to the bank because I wanted to get a loan, right? Because I knew that I I have this project that I'm working in on the side. And they was like, sir, we can't give you the loan. And he was like, well, why can't you give me the loan? I'm straight. Pay all my bills on time. They was like, you owe $1,300. He was like, $1,300 for what? They said for utilities. That was purchased for uh, in 1987. (laughs) He said, what? I was born in 1987. (laughs) This gets to my neither. If you got kids... Don't use their social security number to cut on your electric. (laughs) To cut on your gas. To get a cell phone. (laughs) Don't do that to your kids. That's trash. Your kid don't want to graduate from college and get their first credit card and be like, yeah, your credit score is 400. And they'd be like, why? Because you owe $11,000. Because you had all these utilities that you cut on and, and cut off and never paid them off. Because <laughs> your daddy got your utility bill in his name. Don't do that. That's trash as a parent. If you done messed up your credit, don't have a generational curse on your kids and pass that to your kids. Don't do that. Pay them bills. As soon as you move out, it don't mean leaving in the middle of the night neither. <laughs> Some of y'all know exactly what I'm talking about. Luckily for me, I was, hey, we didn't do no, we wasn't nomads, right? We stayed in the graves. It was all good. But I got some friends, they parents is nomads. Don't do that to your kids. And, and when you, hey, don't do that. And, and college students that listen to this broadcast, 
Pay your bills on time. Matter of fact, pay your bill the day before time, right? So while you're using the Acorn app and investing in extra stuff every time you got changed, do that. But sometimes use that extra to pay your bills on time. <laughs> so that's my neither. Don't use your key and social security number <laughs> to incur debt or bad credit for them. And this is my nor, right? So, you know I live on Twitter, right? So I be living on Twitter, and this is my my nor. This is crazy. So my sidebar, my time limit is up already. Man. So here's my thing. I got a iPhone X, which I don't know if that's the X like Malcolm or X is in 10. But anyway, I got it. So my time limit is up already. Man. Time limit is up already. So that means you set the time for social media time. It's like five hours a day. So when I get to the fifth hour, my phone cuts off. So I had to uncut it off because I'm getting ready to get into, hold on. Oh, top 50 greatest MCs of all time. This is my, <laughs> this is my nor, right? So I love hip hop. I'm a hip hop head. And let me be clear, as a hip hop head, I'm all about that. Because I grew up in the Midwest in Oklahoma, I listen to all types of hip-hop. Not just East Coast, not just West Coast. I listen to 107.9, K-A-E-Z, jams. I listen to it all, right? And so, Ebro is the big homie at uh, Power 97.9, the beat. I think that's it, Power 97.9, the beat. And so, he put out his top 50 greatest MCs list. All right, take my glasses off to look at this. Number one. Jay-Z, no. Number two, Big. Three, Nas. Andre 3000 is number four. He should be number one. Five, KRS-One. Six, Kendrick. Seven, Cole. Eight, Tupac. Nine, Rakim. Ten, Eminem. Let me be clear. Colonizers. Yo, I ain't saying colder. Eminem ain't in my top 30. Yeah, he's culturally incongruent. Anybody, any rapper that raps about killing your mother and digging her Throwing her body, digging a hole in the backyard so you can throw her body in the ground? Yeah, we don't, that ain't, yeah, we don't make songs like that. Yeah, we do. Dear Mama, even though you was a crack fiend, Mama, you was always a black queen, Mama. So even though Tupac, that's the, the first bar, half a bar is kind of questionable, but you're still a black queen. I'm not killing you, throwing you in the, yeah, we're not, uh, yeah. Uh, number 11. Prodigy, 12, Raekwon, 13, Ghostface, 14, Big Pun, 15, Most Def, 16, Jadakiss, 17, Big L, Redman is 18, Jizz is 19, and Black Thought is 20, right? So at least he got Lauren Hill is in there at 21. That's, I, I might could go with that. Remy Ma is 31. Yeah, I'm not feeling Remy, Remy Ma. But he got Nicki Minaj at 34 and Lil Wayne is 35. Absolutely not. Little Wayne discovered Nikki. How you, how you gonna put Wayne after Nikki? Yeah, I, I don't get that. He got Ice Cube at 39, E40 at 40. Mm, how convenient. And Kanye is 50. Yeah, absolutely not. Shots to the head for Ebro. But what was, <laughs> what was funny about that is this so. Here's one thing that I that I didn't know how to do, right? So it's this uh, podcast. Uh, I think it's one bar stool. No, one 
bar stool podcast one. Yeah, so they put out their list, 50 Grace MCs. And this was their order. I'm just gonna give you like the top, the tops. Jay-Z was number one. No. Jay-Z is great. He ain't the greatest rapper ever, Grace MC ever. No, he's not. Nas is two. Nas got a one-hit album every 10-year average, and that's so lame. Nas ain't in my top 20. Joe Budden. <laughs> of the Joe Budden podcast is number three. What? Styles P. Joe Budden can rap. Not number three. Styles P, trash. Black Thought is fifth. Fabulous, trash. Dedicus, cool, but not number seven. Biggie is not number eight. Biggie's overrated. He got one classic album. He only made two albums. Biggie ain't in my top 20 either. Ghostface Killer. Yeah, the Ghostface, you can make an argument for top 10 for Ghostface and Kendrick is number 10. This list here don't got no woman MCs. No Queen Latifah. No Nicki Minaj. No Lauryn Hill. No Missy Elliott. What? 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 Yeah, that's that's that misogynoir. That's how that's how it works. Where men just be like, men are the greatest ever, and discount yeah women and uh, stack bundles. <laughs> stack bundles is at forty two. This is what I tweeted out yesterday. Not little Kim, right? Because somebody said they had little Kim in the top fifty. And I'll disagree with that. So I said, not Lil' Kim. Her discography ain't strong enough. But definitely L Boogie, Missy Elliott, and Nicki Minaj are top 50. Who is Stack Bundles again? Plus 3,000 is number one in Kendrick Lamar's top 10. No way. The first nine MCs are from the West Coast. This is laughable. <laughs> and guess who retweeted it? Stack Bundles. I don't know who Stack Bundles is, but guess what? I'm gonna I'm gonna have to Google Stack Bundles. If he was bold enough to retweet my tweet about how who he is, because I don't know who he is, I ain't never heard of him. I'm gonna I'm gonna peep his music. See see what he's talking about. He Stack Bundles may be dope. I don't know. If Stack Bundles is dope, that ain't yeah. He ain't my guy. Never even heard of him. But he's East Coast. So there you go again. Of the top 50, 27 of those people is from the East Coast. Come on, man. East Coast and C's ain't dang. I, the East Coast ain't been relevant since 2003. I repeatedly say it. Get Rich and Die Trying. Black Album dropped in 2003. Love Below Speaker Box and Trap Music. T.I. Outcast dropped in 2003. That was the beginning of the end of East Coast and Scene. If it wasn't for Cardi holding it down in 2018, yeah. And Hove doing a 444 all over again, nobody would care about what East Coast and C's are saying. A Boogie with the hoodie. No, he's trash. We ain't trying to hear that. Griselda? Yeah, they dope boy rappers. Probably never pulled a strap on nobody in real life. None of them. But yeah, they, even though Benny can rap. But yeah, this, I can rap about felonious activities I never committed. But that's that's a whole other discussion. So yeah, that's, that's, my, that's my neither nor. Don't put... <laughs> don't use credit for your kid's name and... Uh, Brew Podcast number one. The Brew Podcast number one. Top 50 MCs list. That list was nuts. So what I'm going to do, yeah, is go ahead and put a top 50 list together so y'all can, you know, experience, you know, somebody that got some sense. Because <laughs> I got sense. Somebody that got some sense about, yeah, 
hip hop list, and I want to hear y'all list, not y'all top fifty. I ain't got time to sort through that. Well, actually, yeah, I do. If you if you thoughtful enough to put your top fifty in, tweet a facade podcast or uh, Doctor B Hoskins, and we'll talk about it. I DM you. We can talk about it in the uh, in the public sphere. Yeah. So what we moving to now, man, is what we not gonna do, right? And normally this is the most funniest segment of the show. But it ain't funny today. It's all serious. And so what we're not going to do is explain away these El Paso and Dayton, Ohio shootings. Right? As soon as, as, soon as it popped off, I, w- I looked through there, through the Twitter feed, to see how many black Republicans is going to be on some support Trump. Yeah, we, need, we don't need no gun control. There's a whole lot out there. And my tweet was, some of my best friends are not black Trump supporters. At all. In the least. Not not ever going to be. Right? If I found out that you support, you voted for Trump, and you support any of his racist rhetoric, his homophobic, his sexist, his his uh, xenophobic rhetoric, yeah, I'm not rocking with you. But I, but I do want to play this clip, and we're going to talk about it on the backside, because when I heard this clip, it made me cry. It's 2 minutes and 42 seconds long, but I'm going to give you the first part of it. It's like this. You know, America's not unique in its sins as a country. We're not unique in our evils, to be honest with you. Um, I think where, we're, where we may be singular is our fu- a refusal to acknowledge them. Mm-hmm. And the legends and myths we tell about our inherent, you know, goodness uh, to hide and cover and conceal so that we can maintain a kind of willful ignorance that protects our innocence. See, the thing is that when we, the Tea Party was happening, we used people were, we were saying, pundits, oh, it's just about economic populism. <laughs> it's not about race. When people knew, people knew, social scientists were already writing that what was driving the Tea Party were anxieties about economic demographic anxiety. shifts, that the country was changing, that they were seeing these racially ambiguous babies on, on Cheerios commercials, that the country wasn't quite feeling like it was a white nation anymore. And that is it. And so he goes on to talk about it until America, essentially, America's white citizens sit down and have an honest discussion with themselves about what white supremacy is, about what it looks like, about whom it is targeted after. Yeah, America's never going to be whole as a country. Right? Because when you're in denial about what it is, you're never going to try to fix the problem because you don't see like, what is the problem? Like, again, I agree with him. And so, my bad, I'm sorry. So, Eddie S. Glaude, Jr., full professor at Princeton University. That's who that was speaking. And so, if you get a chance to go on Twitter, check him out. He's been dropping it, dropping extra knowledge. We had that discussion in the books when I was talking about the book group while the black kids sitting together in the cafeteria, right, 25th anniversary. So, we talked about, like, what's the cost of racism? What that looked like. So if you if you in El Paso or in uh, Dayton, that cost was death. Like they died because they were Latinx or black. Like that's what happened. That was the cost. But for the person that's pulling the trigger, what's the cost? Right? And so I, I, I just, and again, the costs go both ways. So when you kill people, they dead. When you kill yourself, you dead. When you get arrested, you're going to get the death penalty. Maybe. <laughs> hey, I've I seen white men get off for, for less. 
right? And so maybe, but when you don't say nothing, what's the cost of silence, right? That's that's, that's what we talked about. What's what's the cost of silence? What what silence look like? Right? You should you should always have something to say. You know, I'm on, I'm on Twitter. I never seen these that's, these these are some hashtags that I seen. Trump terrorist, white supremacist terrorism, El Paso terrorist attack. Right, so I was watching uh, MSNBC this weekend, and I heard this. I heard this this topic, right? And this ain't a political pot. This ain't a political podcast. But I heard a white announcer say, "There is a white international terrorism network." I was like, "Man, <laughs> that's it's not funny, cause it's funny. It's funny cause the 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 real world is catching up to the academy." And knowing about what it is, right? It's, it's always excuses. First thing I was reading about the about the shooter, that the one that was young, that was twenty two, that people would like explain how great of a kid he was in high school and college, and how the human brain ain't properly formed in, you know, when you when you twenty, we twenty one, right? I was like, what? Matter of fact, I was look, I was looking at uh, USA Today, and they took a poll of people who's to blame for the mass shootings. On that, some bipartisan agreement. So it says, uh, Washington, Americans overwhelmingly blame the mental health system, racism, and white nationalism, and loose gun laws for a series of mass shootings that have shaken communities across the country. Right? A USA poll taken on Monday and Tuesday in the wake of the deadly violence at El Paso, Texas and Dayton, Ohio shows bipartisan agreement on some of these factors people hold responsible for incidents of gun violence. It's an issue on their minds. Many say fear of mass shootings has changed the way that we live in our daily lives. And I'm like, there's something missing here, right? So I know, I know people that's mentally ill, never shot anybody, right? And so if I can go into Walmart and buy a gun legally... And then kill somebody with it. I didn't circumvent the process of getting the gun. So that didn't loose gun law. But I did it the right way. Right? So we're talking about racism and white nationalism. Like, hatred is a sin, in my estimation. But no one ever says, sometimes people are just evil. Right? So you can't believe in God and don't believe in Satan. I believe in them both. Right? If you watched... Uh, what was what was the name of the uh, Tom Cruise movie uh, about the attorneys? Oh, I can't think of it. Right, and it, the, the Satan said the best thing I ever did was made humanity believe that I didn't exist. Right, so sometimes people are just evil. They commit evil acts. They're not mentally insane. They're not mentally up. Uh, they health. They, it ain't a mental health issue. People are just evil. And, and evil needs to be killed, destroyed, eliminated, eradicated in every instance that we can get, right? Like, if you do something evil, like, these acts are evil. How you get apprehended? I don't understand that. And, and I'm, not, I'm not trying to rant, but damn, you kill these people? They should have blew your head off right there in the streets. Death. Ain't no trial. We know you did it. What's the trial for? So, to me, sidebar, I'm not an attorney. Right, so I don't know about statutes and torts and all that. Right, I know about did you do it or didn't you do it? Again, it's not for my friends as attorneys. They tell me it's not what you, you know, can say. It's not what you know you did. It's about what you can prove. We can prove that these people 
both shoot a shot. So the one that got apprehended, what we what's the trial? What are we doing? Ain't no rights. I think if you kill people in a mass shooting, they need to just lynch you right then in the square where they where they captured you, right? Dehumanize you, strip you naked, lynch you, set you on fire first, then lynch you, right? Kids got killed in these shootings. How many kids gonna get killed, y'all? Before legislators be like, you know what? This trash. We need we need to change the. The gun laws. Here's, here's what I think. Here's my solution. Because I'm going to do it, right? Me and my son, we're going to go get these guns. We're probably going to get these Rugas or get these Glocks with the uh, fingerprints hand on the, uh, on, the, on the handle. So that way, I pull my strap out. If you get the best of me and knock me down or take my gun, you can't kill me with it. Because it won't shoot unless it's my fingerprints. I think that's dope. But in order to do that, I got to have my fingerprints in a national database. I'm cool with that because I ain't committing no crimes at all. But these Second Amendment cats, they out here on some, we got a Second Amendment right. They want to be able to go to a gun show and get 50 guns without having to go through the process. They don't, they don't want to wait 48 hours so we can run that background check to see if something's wrong with you. They don't want to do that. It's against, they say that's government encroaching on their rights. And I used to say, once white kids get murdered in, in mass shootings, they going to change the gun laws. <laughs> Man, this this perfect example. They don't care. They don't care. I don't want to call them fascists. That's stretch. That, that may be a stretch, but they don't care. If they white nationalists and racists, they're going to create their agendas. They're going to create their manifestos. They're going to go into churches and shoot up nine black people after praying. Dylan Roof, after praying. How you go to Bible study, then after that, kill black people and leave one to say, tell the story. That's evil. That ain't mentally ill. And when they arrest them, they took them to Burger King to get him something to eat in route by taking him to the cell. White male. If he was black or Latinx, they'd have blew his brains out. Like they, they, the brother that got killed in Dallas, they blew him up with an IUD. An IED? <laughs> yeah, I don't be knowing. They blew him up with a bomb, y'all. A machine rolled up on him, dropped a bomb in front of him, and blew him to pieces. Wasn't no surrender. Ain't no apprehension. If you black or Latinx, you killing people, they killing you immediately. This, this the double standards that we often don't talk about. That Dr. Glazer was talking about. White America. And it's a lot of white people out there that's allies. That's good people. We need the white people that's good people to come together and have a conversation about the white people that's bad people. And figure out what we can do to eradicate the bad. Come on, y'all. Kids getting murdered? Latinx get murdered because they brown. Black people in Ohio get murdered because they black. Come on. And this ain't police killings. This regular, this civilians killing. It's because they hate. And, and that's, the, that's the, the problem with racism. White supremacy. It's a false narrative. White listeners. White people ain't better than nobody. Y'all not supreme. White supremacy is a myth. It's only one race, the human race. Race is socially constructed. That's what it is. But because there's this myth that white is better, you got people like that that say, because people of color 
are increasing by 2050. It's going to be majority minority nation. White people's panicking like him and go out and try to kill as many people of color as you can because he bought into the myth that white people were supreme and y'all not. Y'all not no better. Y'all not no worse, but y'all ain't no better. So that's, that's how racism hurts everybody. And so, yeah, I've just, that's what we're not going to do. We're not going to explain away, right? We're not going to explain away. They don't get to be the, the lone wolf killers. White men kill people of color. They do it, right? And so it's just, yes. Anyway, I'm, I, I, yeah, I'm, I, I'm tearing up, man. I need to, yeah, let me get some. And I apologize for this. It's the energy's low. I apologize. We're 108 minutes in. It's just, you know, it's just sad, man. People. <sighs> okay. <clears throat> so, talking about. <laughs> talking about. So, we got a question. That ain't a normal question. Part of the talking about section is what y'all talking about. As listeners to the Facade Podcast, what y'all what y'all doing in y'all real lives out here in these streets? What's the topics that y'all be like, ooh, we're going to ask Dr. Hoskins because he ain't going to judge us. Because I know who it is when you send it in, right? Because I know your real name, right? I ain't judging. I'm a vault of secrets. Yeah, I, just, I described that last time, right? I, I, could be, I can be your, uh, what did I call it? Uh, your Menelo. <laughs> Not your gigolo. Yeah, your manolo. I could be that for you. I'm, I'm a vault of secrets. Yeah, I'm a vault. Yeah, so let me know. So somebody hit me up, and they was like, hey, here's the question. Oh, the, but they actually, they made a statement. At first, I thought it was rude, but I was like, you know what? That ain't rude. That's just them making a statement. So I accept the statement. It's all good. Here's what they said. Too much hip-hop on this podcast. <laughs> They put the demon emoji, the purple joint, with the exclamation mark. And I was like, whoa, hey, don't, is that Drake? <laughs> Drake? Drake? <laughs> so I get it, that you would feel like it's too much hip-hop on a podcast. But hey, I'm a son of hip-hop, right? I'm going to talk about hip-hop. But here, this is their question. They said, what's your favorite R&B song and why? I'm like, come on, man. My favorite R&B song of all time? If I could only listen to one R&B song? Whew. Man. I don't know. Because I, 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 I got time on my hands. Since you went away, boy. Got that? I got a, yeah, got me going in circles. You got to get up, get up, get up, get up. Let's make love tonight. Nom, 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 nom. You know, you got, uh, uh, what's that Luther joint? Uh, <laughs> I don't remember the words for the song. Yeah, I got so many songs in my head, but I was thinking about it. I said, okay, I'm going to cheat a little bit. I'm going to get him a little bit of R&B, right, with hip-hop, right? So if I can only listen to one mix song, now, I realize, you know, Jody Wally, Rakim, Rakim, they was the first one to do the, you know, collab. 
but I'm going to do this right here. So this is the one song that I would listen to. That's my R&B joint that's infused, infused, <laughs> yeah, infused with hip-hop. This is it right here. Darling, ass drop, dispose half the knot. The cash I got, but I'm used to not having a lot. I'm from the gutter. Uh. I ain't the type to ever chase your box. I'm the type to interior decorate the watch. I'm the type to slang heavyweight on the block. Holla. <laughs> Right there, man, that's the best of me remix by Maya. Y'all remember Maya? Oh, Maya was sexy. Oh, she was a little thing too. She was extra sexy. So actually, right now she's still sexy. Follow on Instagram, Maya's still sexy. But yeah, that hey, that was my joint. Yeah, that man. And then he came back in on the backside too. Oh, I want to play the whole song, but I ain't got time to play the whole song. But man. Uh, best of me, yeah, that, that was my joint, for sure, 100%. So that, that's why, and I'll tell you why, because the song is about, I think it's a double entendre, because the song is about getting the best of me, right, without you getting the best of me. So in order for you to get the best of me as a person, positively, like you got to go through some things to get the best of me, right? I just can't give you the best of me when I meet you just because you complimented me. Right, it was like, oh, oh, hot! You got them pecs. I love them, them, them pythons. Like that don't get you in. I don't get you the best of me. But what she also saying is, you ain't gonna get, you ain't gonna get the best of me. You ain't gonna get over on me. Like getting the best or the better of me. Like you're not gonna do that. We're not gonna do that. That's what the song is about. Cause Jay Z trying to get the best of her, like the better of her, the bad part. <laughs> she trying to get the best of him. In the song, right? So they going in opposite directions. I get it. Perfect collab. Oh, that's that's my extra song on the combat. So I, I'm, I, you know what? Ne on the next time, on the next show, I'm gonna do some uh, R&B. So I'm gonna say I'm, you know, I'm I'm an R&B savant. I, I know a little bit about R&B, a little bit, just a little bit. I don't be bragging about it. You know, I, I know a little bit about it. And so I'm gonna tell, I'm gonna do, yeah, I'm gonna do something special. Cause I don't know, I know some R&B heads. They they tired of hearing the hip hop. I ain't never tired of hearing it. So I'm gonna do a little something special just for y'all. Yeah, something a little special, right? And so where we at? Oh man, we we just a hundred hundred and fifteen minutes in. Oh sorry, uh, an hour and fifteen minutes. How many minutes is that? Seventy five. Yeah, we seventy five minutes in. Now normally. I got so I, I go through the thing. I, I don't be, you know. This is I, I told y'all. So for the earlier listeners, right? I got a song. Every time I play this song, it's for a happy moment, right? 
And so I, I want y'all to be happy. I really do. And so I'm going to go ahead and play my song right now because I said usually I'll be like, yeah, whenever you hear me play the song, y'all know that it's happy. So I'm going to go ahead and play the song right now so we can get happy together. Mm. Let's get happy together, y'all. Hey. You made my soul a burning fire. You're getting to be my one desire. You're getting to be all that matters to me. And let me tell you, girl, praise day I live. A little more love I have to give. A little more love that's devoted to truth. All I do Stevie Wonder Boy. Woo, how did in July 1979? I remember that. That's one of the, I remember that record. Like, Mama played that record. Yeah, it was, it was a good day. It was a good day. Play that record. And so that, that's my happy song. I play that song. Excuse me, for real. I don't get, you know, it ain't about you. That's my happy song. I, I, just, I just want, you know, I want us to be happy. Be happy. When I play that song, I'm trying to uplift the spirits of, the, of everybody. I clue myself, right? And so we, we uh, hour seventeen minutes in, we have to detangle, and this is a, this is a real simple detangle. Like and this is what it is. This world need more love. We just we need more love, y'all. So love, I want you to call. I know some of y'all got a beef with somebody right now. You ain't talked to. They owe you money. They uh they stole your your whatever. Didn't give you back, borrowed your purse or your headphones, didn't give you back, right? They did something, you know, bad to you. You ain't spoke to them in five years. Some of y'all, you know, got problems with your parents, don't like your parents. Call the people that you used to love that you probably still love, but you just can't. You need closure because they never said I'm sorry for the things that they did. Because let me be clear, in El Paso and, and they in Ohio, it's people that wished that they would have ended beef with the people they love, that they was into it with. They can't no more because they dead. People are dead, man. So that's 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 my detangle. It's a simple one. If you love somebody, tell them you love them. Right? It's okay. It's okay to say, look, you was wrong. I forgive you. I love you. Let's start our relationship over. Please. Because we ain't, hey, you don't know how long we're going to be here, y'all. You don't know how long we're going to be here. And so, uh, you know, appreciate walking through this life, not by yourself, but with somebody else. And that's that's my detangle. So that, that concludes season one, episode 16. Man, the goal was to have 20 episodes by the time the semester start back. We, we were on pace September 1st, we should have 20 episodes. So we finna get it. We get, We got our first project. This uh, September, August 12th, man, we get to getting ready to do some exciting things with 100 Black Men for South Podcast. Getting ready to do this barbershop talk. It's going to be our first videos. Right, we're going to get these visuals. 
on the Facade Podcast on YouTube. We're getting ready to be up, up, and out of here. So we keep you posted. Facade Podcast, follow us on all social media. We on uh, Twitter. We on uh, IG, right? Follow us. Follow me, Dr. B. Hoskins, on uh, Instagram, Facebook, and uh, Twitter. Yeah, my energy's low. I'm in a somber mood, man. People, just pray. Pray for everybody. Pray for the world to get better. Make it a better place. Yeah. So I appreciate y'all. Love y'all. Love each other. We maraud for ears.